Happy Sabbath family. How you guys doing? Um, once again, we are back at another crack of faith under fire. I believe that in this season of pandemic, in 2020, our faith has been under fire. I believe that COVID is a, is a blaze. I just got news this morning uh, from somebody that their brother was, was sick with COVID. And many people are still suffering under COVID. And it's been that kind of year this year where our faith has been tested. And I want you to know that faith will always be tested because that is just how it is. But what can we do when we are under fire? When our faith is under fire. And that is what I've been trying to, to talk about in this, in this series. Our sermons are on YouTube. They are on, on Facebook. You can find us on Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Spotify. We are right there if you want to catch up with, with this series. But let me just kind of bring us back and kind of rewind for those maybe you're joining for the first time. Or maybe you have forgotten uh, what we have actually been talking about. We said... You know, faith must go on a faith-finding mission. That is, you must consider the promise and the possession. And when you, when you go on a faith-finding mission, you discover that the promise God makes will match and equal the possession that you get based upon the promise. And I challenged us in that sermon that God has made many promises and our duty and our quest is to look at these promises and find out and figure out for ourselves what God has promised. Like Caleb and his, his buddies, they went into the land of promise and they saw, wow, this is a good land like God had promised. And that is what you're going to find when you go on a faith finding mission. Now, when you go on a faith finding mission, what you discover is that you are promised the power of presence that is god will be with you god will guide you god will stand beside you and therefore you don't have to fear you can move on and god is going to strengthen you and god is going to see you through that is the beauty of of god last week we said faith has enemies now if you have been paying close attention is that in all the sermons i have been talking about the enemies of faith but last week what i did is i pulled back the curtain and i said look these are the enemies of faith but in particular we have to be careful of presumption presumption is the idea that i can do whatever i want and god is going to step in to help me out uh, 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 uh. When we are presumptuous, God actually steps back. And what we what ends up happening is that we get in a vicious cycle of challenges and struggles. And then you're like, God, where are you? You're supposed to be helping. God is like, nah, I wasn't a part of this plan. So we need to understand that the enemies of faith and we need to avoid them as much as we can. Allow me to bring you installation number four today. And I want to read... Um, Exodus chapter 32, verses 11 to 12. For those of you who uh, are joining us, not Exodus, sorry, Numbers chapter th uh, 32, verses 11 to 12. If this is your first time, uh, we are talking about Caleb. It's a biographical series. We are looking at Caleb. I've not been like talking about Caleb every particular point in the sermon, but I've been painting Caleb's life in the context of the situation in which he was in. And I want to do the same thing again this morning. Numbers chapter 32, 11 to 12, the word of God says, Surely none of the men who came up from Egypt from 20 years old and above shall see the land of which I swore to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, because they have not wholly followed me, except Caleb, 
the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, and Joshua, the son of Nun, for they have followed wholly the Lord. For they have wholly followed the Lord. This morning, the Lord has inspired me to tell you, faith needs a partner. Faith needs a partner. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, there's nothing that I bring, but to the, to the cross I cling. And I pray, Lord, that you strengthen me because I need you now more than ever. Give my mind ability to think. Give my mind ability to speak. And give my brothers and sisters the ability to hear and to respond to the word. Father, thank you so much. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. So I made a discovery this week. When I copy a paragraph on my laptop, I can paste the paragraph on my tablet. When I copy a paragraph, the same paragraph on my tablet, I can paste it on my laptop. My laptop, my tablet, watch this, are working in a partnership. My laptop and my tablet, they have a synchronization. They are in sync, and I'm not talking about the boy band. They're able to transfer data between one device to another device. And now, this discovery is an amazing discovery for me because I spend quite a lot of time on, on the computer, the work that I do, and typing sermons, studying sermons, and putting all these things together takes time and and I need it to be to have a smooth workflow and sometimes I have to do the donkey work of switching between windows to copy one paragraph to another window but when I made this discovery that oh my goodness I can have one window open on my tablet and another window open on my on my laptop and I don't have to switch windows I just copy and paste my goodness that catapulted me to another level of productivity my two devices flooded me with a tsunami of productivity because they are working in a partnership now please believe that i can use my tablet and i can use my laptop on their own they're individuals on their own and i can accomplish the same tasks on these two devices but the thing is i realize that when i the, these these two devices when they work together i go to another level when these two devices are in a working partnership i go to another level and i want to suggest this morning that faith needs a partner it needs somebody to whom it will synchronize with. It needs somebody in whom it will share data with. It needs somebody that is going to catapult them to the next level of the experience. Faith needs a partner. That is the message I bring to you this, this morning. And I discover that Caleb did have a faith partner. Caleb found a faith partner in his partner, Joshua. In fact, the biblical text will partner Caleb and Joshua at least eight times. Now, I don't want to read all eight 
uh, partnerships uh, of, of Caleb and Joshua, I just want to read you a small sample size. And I want to talk about at least four partnerships that the Bible presents or four examples of Caleb and, and Joshua being partners together. And listen to this. In, in Numbers uh, 14 verse 6, we read, But Joshua the son of Nun and Caleb the son of Jephunneh, who were among these who had spied out the land, tore their clothes. The next uh, example is in verse number 30 of the same chapter. Except for Caleb the son of Jephunneh and Joshua the son of Nun, you shall by no means enter the land which I swore I would make you dwell in. I continue in the same chapter in verse number 38. It says, But Joshua the son of Nun and Caleb the son of Jephunneh remained alive of the men who went to spy out the land. And last, in, in Numbers, 14, uh, Numbers 14, verse 7, it says, uh, Except Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, and Joshua, the son of Nun, for they have wholly followed the Lord. That's a mistake right there. It should be Numbers 32, verse 11, verse 12. So you see right here that these two brothers were in a partnership. The Bible just doesn't put them uh, side by side uh, to, to for, for putting them side by side's sake. It is trying to help us to understand that Joshua and Caleb, they helped each other in this faith experience. They had each other's back in this faith experience. And because they had each other's back in this faith experience, they were able to be the only remaining survivors of a group of many people that went into the promised land to scout out the land. They were the only group that survived this situation and they were the group that led the nation of Israel into their next situation. They took them over the top. They took them from a situation of pointlessness, wandering around in the wilderness to a point of exactness by bringing them to the land of promise. You see, in order for a partnership to be successful, as I was reading, is that there, it needs to have certain qualities and characteristics. One, one article that I, I read, it says, a partnership needs to have accessibility. That is, the partners should be able to have open uh, accessibility to each other. That is, if I need you, I'm there. If you need me, I'm there. According to this article, a partnership needs to have open communication, honest communication. There needs to be free transfer of thoughts, ideas, of, of opinions. They, they need to be able to share the, uh, uh, their own words and their own thoughts. It's important. A partnership needs to have mutual respect. That is, the two partners are bringing something to the table. They understand and realize that, oh, I can't make it without you. You can't make it without me. I'm going to give you the due honor that you deserve and you're going to give me the same thing. And another thing that the article said is there needs to be measurable results. That is the partnership shows that there's actual progress. We are in this situation. We are together in this because we are helping each other. We plan to achieve this amount of, of profit and we did it. Next year we plan to do this and we're going to achieve that. And so there has to be measurable results. I want to suggest to you that also in a faith partnership, it must be characterized by several important ideas that I want to throw at you this morning. A faith partnership needs to have commonality. A faith partnership needs to have individuality. A faith partnership needs to have divinity. 
And let me just put all these things together. It must begin at a specific point. There must be a, a, a common ground. But common ground is not enough. The two partners need to bring their own individuality to the table. But that is not enough. The two partners need to be dedicated to divinity. And when a faith partnership has these characteristics, it is going to be a beneficial, a beneficial, a beneficial, a beneficial pay, faith partnership because commonality must be the starting point it's very important that faith partners know and understand what is it that brings us together when you look at my tablet and my laptop you discover that they have a commonality between them these are two different devices they do different things, but they have a commonality be, 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 uh, that brings them together. And this is a commonality that I saw. That is, they share a common ID. The ID that I use on my laptop is the same ID that I use on my tablet. And because there's a common ID, because they have a common denominator because they have a common ground they're able to speak the same language i don't know if you get me this morning because of that id they're able to transfer data because they understand each other and they know that we are together in this situation this is not my enemy this is my friend when you look at Caleb and Joshua, you discover that they had a commonality. That is, they came together as spies for the nation of Israel. I want to believe that they had never met. I want to believe that they had never shared a coffee. I don't drink coffee, but I'm just putting it out there. I want to believe that they're never going to Starbucks. I want to believe that they had never kicked it together. I want to believe that they had never run, ran together. I believe that they had never chilled. But on this moment, on this occasion, Moses calls a group of 12 spies to come together and they came together. We read of Caleb representing the tribe of Judah. We read of Joshua representing the tribe of Ephraim and these two brothers meet together for the first time and they must go out and spy out the land. They must do a mission of God. And so they share common ground. They share common purpose. They share common vision. And they are going out to do a mission of God. A mission of God that has been crafted in the, in the craft room of God. That has been downloaded to Moses and has, has been uploaded in Caleb and Joshua. They did not force the situation. They were asked by God to be in this situation. So yes, they shared a commonality of purpose. A commonality of vision. A commonality of goal. So they were going in the same direction. Moving in the same way. But even though these two brothers shared a commonality. They still had to contend with a dissimilarity. Especially when you consider their upbringing and where they came from. You see Joshua sprung from noon. Nun sprung from Ephraim. Ephraim sprung from Joseph. In other words, jo Joshua was as Israelite as Israelite can be. 
I mean, I mean, think about it. He, he's a descendant of Joseph. Joseph, that, that dreamer. Joseph, the, the prime minister of Egypt. Joseph, that brother we talk about. That's where Joshua came from. That is his lineage. And, and can you imagine, uh, uh, Joshua, man, filling himself, knowing that he comes from one of the greatest individuals that helped to save the nation. And Joshua did not choose to say, you know what, God, I don't want to serve you like, like some of us young people do. We, we, we don't want to follow God. We want to do our own thing. Joshua didn't do that. Joshua decided to dedicate his life to God. He became a general at a very young age. And we are introduced to Joshua in, in Exodus 17 where he's defeating the Amalekites. And uh, we see Joshua deciding to enter a mentorship program under Moses. And Moses is teaching him how to lead and he grows and he grows and we know Joshua because Joshua was able to write the concluding chapters of Deuteronomy because his mentor uh, Moses had died we know Joshua decided to follow the footsteps of the mentor by writing his own autobiography called the book of Joshua he tells us about how God utilizes him how God takes him uh, as simple as he was and he puts him at a level of Moses so we see that this young man Joshua uh, knew God. We know he dedicated himself to God. We know that he was committed to God. We also see Caleb. His lineage is a little bit different. Caleb sprung from Jephunneh. Jephunneh sprung from Kenaz. Kenaz sprung from Esau. You know about Esau. Esau the brother of Jacob who decided to turn away from the ways of the Lord. He gave away his birthright to, to live a life. In fact, the, the text says that all the wives of Esau would break the heart of his mother, Rebecca, and his father, Isaac. Esau chose uh, to, to get lost in the sea of idolatry and in the sea of meism and egotism and individualism. I'm going to do my own thing, God. You have none to say about my life. And because of that, his whole descendants, the Edomites and anybody we read about, they were people that were enemies against God. And so here, Caleb's uh, stock is from people and, 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 and a nation that doesn't believe in God. But somehow his father, I don't know how it happened, made a calculation as I was reading. Jephunneh decided to leave the Kenazites and he lived in, in, this, in, in southern Judah. And somehow when the people, uh, the, 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 the sons of Joseph and uh, the sons of Jacob were going into Egypt, somehow Jephunneh joined them and he went into Egypt with the Israelites and he became uh, he became uh, he became an Israelite quote unquote he was naturalized he became one of them and this is amazing because I see it that Caleb somebody who is not originally Israelite is representing one of the most important tribes the tribe of Judah because even though God did not allow the Israelites to make business partnerships and to marry foreigners, God always welcomed people who were willing to be naturalized. God always said yes to people who said, I want to follow you, God. That is why we have Rahab. That is why we have Ruth. And now we're talking about Caleb. Because these people were willing to follow the religion of God. And here it is, brother and sister. I see myself in Caleb. 
Caleb an outsider. Caleb somebody who doesn't deserve to be an Israelite. But because he wants to be an Israelite, he's welcome in. And you and I, were on the outside. Jesus Christ decided, because he is also from the tribe of Judah, Jesus Christ decided to say, you know what? I'm going to let in my Caleb's. I'm going to let in those brothers because they want to follow me. And because of the grace of God, we were brought in. Because of the grace of God, we were now a part of the special people. You and I are just like Caleb. And here is the good news. When you choose God, when you choose to do the will of God, God is going to elevate you. He's going to bring you to a status you never thought you could be. I am amazed this morning. How can Caleb, an outsider, become a resident of Judah, that important tribe? But that's what God can do. You can be a bully in a situation. You can be an outsider in this situation. But God can work things for you. He can do things for you that can elevate you to a high status. And I'm glad this morning that God doesn't leave me where I am. God doesn't leave me in my sin. God doesn't leave me in my depression. God doesn't leave me in my debt. God doesn't leave me in my sadness. God elevates me and brings me up to a higher status so really when you look at Joshua and Caleb in their partnerships is that Joshua had his own relationship with God Caleb also had his own relationship with God and so when now they're coming together in this important mission they're coming to this mission already with a, a commonality in God that is both of them believe in God they don't have to wonder hey what is your religion what is your faith no both of them have a personal relationship with God both of them know God for themselves I want to suggest to you that when you are looking for faith partnerships you need to look for commonality in God that, that, that is the person you partner up with should have their own encounter with God that is the person already has an understanding of who Jesus is. That is the person already is dedicated and committed. You see, we go to the airport when we are about to travel. And that is we, 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 we have to enter these uh, metal detectors. Our luggage has to be detected. And our, our bodies have to be detected because they want to make sure that there's nothing that is going to be harmful on the plane. You understand what I'm saying? They want to make sure that everything is okay. I'm suggesting to you that commonality in God should be your faith detector of people that you intended to form a partnership with. You need to analyze and check this person. Are they safe in my space? Am I going to be safe in their space? Am I going to be what I need to be? Or am I going to lose myself? You need to faith detect and check out what is their understanding of the word of God? What is their view on this? Because here it is, my brother and sister. It is nice to hang out. It is nice to chill out. It is nice to go on trips. It is nice to have a good time. But you begin to realize that when crisis happens, that is when you begin to see who they really are. It is when crisis happens that will inform how they react to it. A lot of times, because of faith, it will determine how they will react to death. A lot of times when things happen, it will determine how they react to their debt. When you are having arguments with them, if they don't have God in them, it will react how they'll treat you. And so the faith factor, the commonality factor in God really comes out in the moments when the situation is tough. 
You don't really need faith when you're laughing and smiling with each other. You don't really need God when everything is fine. But it's when difficulties happen that you begin to realize, oh my goodness, me and this person, mm, what is their faith like? And so what is important in a faith partnership is your theology. Because your commonality in God informs your beliefs. It informs how you see things. It informs how you operate. And so if there's no commonality there, you're putting yourself in a dangerous situation. So Caleb and Joshua, they came together because they had a commonality. They saw God in the same way. But you see, commonality in God is just a starting point. You see, a faith partnership needs to make sure that individuality is shown. Individuality is shown. You see, my, my tablet and my laptop, though they are in a working partnership because of my ID, they are still individual devices. Let me bring that to you. See, on my tablet, I can use touch technology. I can touch and manipulate and things are going to move. But on my laptop, I need to use click technology. <laughs> on my tablet, I can use every app that I have on my laptop, but it is a lot thinner. Not all of the features are there. But on my laptop, all of the apps that I use come with full features. So I realize that there are times when I have the, the tablet that I cannot properly use it because it doesn't have all the features. So therefore, I need to go to, to the laptop. I also realized that, oh my goodness, carrying the laptop is a lot heavier than carrying the tablet. And therefore, sometimes for convenience sake, I just carry the tablet. Because these two uh, devices, as, uh, even though they're in a partnership, they work together, they are still their own devices. After all, it's still a laptop and a, and a tablet. And I want you to understand that even in a faith partnership, even though you may have commonality, you need to make, to make sure that there's individuality, that you do not get swallowed up. That you do not lose who you are. And you see that Caleb and Joshua also maintain their own individuality. After the spies came back from spying out the land, there was a lot of murmur and complaining. And they were saying, God, now we cannot enter this land. You know, they looked at the threat uh, of, of, of the giants and they looked at the threat of having to fight, not knowing that they're really defeating themselves. So Caleb says, no, 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 no. Let us go up at once right now and fight against our enemies because God has told us that we can go up and fight. Now look at this here. It is Caleb who spoke up, not Joshua. It is Caleb. That is Caleb was a man by himself. Caleb could think for himself. Caleb could decide for himself. Caleb didn't need to go to Joshua and say, Joshua, what should I do in this situation? No, he didn't do that. He said, this is not right. The people are going against God. And therefore, I will stand for the right though the heavens fall. So I'm going to speak up for God. And so he was willing to be his own man. And that's important right here. That you should be comfortable to be you. You should be comfortable in your own skin. You should be comfortable in your own thinking. You should be comfortable in your own dressing. You should be comfortable in the way you drive, in the way you write, in the way you do you. That's important. 
Because it is, mm, let me not go there yet. Because, mm, should I go, mm, I'm going to come back there later before I go there. And so listen to this very carefully. You see, you must look for faith partners who will allow you to stand out and blend in at the same time. You see, this is the beauty of the situation. I think, let me, let, let, let me go back because I, I, I missed I miss the text. You must look for faith partners who will allow you to stand out and blend in at the same time. The text that I wanted to, 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 to bring out is that later on what you begin to see is that after Caleb had, had stood up and said, you know what, we need to go in. That is when Joshua now also said, yeah, Caleb, I think you're right. And then he joined Caleb. Right? But before that could happen, Caleb had to stand on his own two feet. So I repeat again, you must look for faith partners who will allow you to stand out and blend in at the same time. So let me, let me show you how, uh, how this goes. You see, I have, um, I have a, a favorite shake that I like to drink, and that is a spinach banana shake. Now, you know a spinach... Um, <clears throat> A spinach is green. It has that dark green. And then a banana is, is white. If I blend the spinach by itself, uh, the blended uh, stuff is going to be green, that dark green. If I blend the bananas by themselves, it's going to be white. But when I bring these together, I want to make sure that the spinach green does not take over the banana white. Follow what I'm saying? So I blend the spinach. And I blend the bananas together, but I make sure that I have put in the right amount of each. So instead of the shake looking so green, it will look a little light green. Because when you look at that little light green, you begin to see that uh oh, something has happened. That the spinach has had a mixture with something else that is of a different color. So when people, when, when you look at my shake now, you're like, okay, I can see that there's spinach and there is something else. Right? So you can recognize that there are two individual things in this, in this shake. But you see, while I like the fact that I can see the difference between uh, uh, the spinach and the banana, but when I drink uh, the shake, I do not want to taste the spinach and the bananas individually. I want to make sure that I'm tasting and drinking a blended drink. This is what I'm trying to tell you. That yes, in a faith partnership, you need to be able to stand out. But at the same time, you need to be able to blend in as well. You need to be who you are. You need to enjoy and embrace who you are. But at the same time, you need to make sure that you can blend in. You need to make sure that you're bringing something to the table. Because it is your you-ness. And that will make the partnership worthwhile. It is your uniqueness that brings you bliss. And too many of us, unfortunately, we, we lose ourselves. We, we lose our abilities. We lose our uniqueness because for the sake of fitting in and for the sake of being a part of the group. No, no, no. You got to be a part of the group. I understand. You got to be a part of that situation. I understand. But make sure that the situation, the group does not take away from who God called you to be. After all, I check, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. God wants your voice. God wants your ideas. God wants your personality. God wants you because there is not another you on this planet. <laughs> I wish I had a witness in this place. It is your uniqueness. It is your uniqueness that makes you unique. And God wants you to maintain that. So I love that in this faith partnership, Caleb did not allow himself to be blended. 
completely. He blended in, but he could still stand up for himself. And so if you're in a partnership or any kind of situation that is taken away from you, who you should be, who God has called you to be. Now that is important, who God has called you to be. You might need to be like, you know what, this is not helping me out. It's either you fix the situation or you leave the situation. It's just, how, it's just that simple. You know what I mean? Because uh, you don't have a lot of time in this world. You don't have a lot of time on this planet to lose yourself. It is you that God is going to bless somebody with. It is you that God wants to build a business from. It is you that God wants to establish a church. It is you that God wants to utilize to sing and to preach. It is you that God wants to utilize to be a diplomat. It is you that God wants to utilize to write a book. It is you that God is interested in. And God wants you today. And I'm telling you today that in your faith experience, you should be who God has called you to be. So commonality is a good point to start because you need that. You need to have that commonality in God. But it's not enough. You also need to have that individuality. Who you are should be maintained. But commonality and individuality are not, are not enough. We need to have a dedication to divinity. That is the partnership needs to allow us to go on to the next level in our experience with God. You see, my uh, tablet and laptop, they live. They were created. They were crafted to serve me. I am their God. Capital, small letter G, small letter G. They were created to serve me. I can manipulate the tablet and the laptop to my preferences i choose the wallpaper that i want i choose whether i want it to be dark mode or light mode i get to dictate that and these devices were created for my needs they were created to help me and the reason why i like the synchrony that they have now where i can copy between one device to another device is that it's only helping me it's only it's only it's only strengthening my productivity and my brother and my sister i want you to understand that your partnership needs to lead you to a closer walk with god it needs to help you to serve god better it needs to help you to go to the next level if it is not doing that then you do check your partnership you see a faith partnership must dedicate to divinity in other words it lives it breathes it moves to serve god why are we together because we are serving god why are we doing this together because we want to serve god how come you guys are so close because god has brought us together that is the language that you need to be communicating when you're faith in a faith partnership as I told you, it was Caleb who said, let us go up at once. And, and he stood up first. But Joshua also jumped in. The text says, but Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, who were among those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes. You see, uh, this faith partnership was beautiful because they could share the same feeling about God. They were sad right here realizing that the people of God are not believing God. They are sad right here because they realize the people of God do not want to take a step in faith. And this broke their heart. That is why they tore their clothes because they were sad. You know you're in a good faith partnership when, when you have the same feelings about God. You know that things are good. You see, Caleb and Joshua could see that the, the, the faith of the people was about to flatline. He could see, they could see that the faith of the people was about to suffer a faith 
cardiac arrest. And so these two brothers, they stepped up in their partnership. They stepped up to say, you know what? Let us show these brothers. Let us lift them up. Let us, uh, let, let us do a, a, a resuscitation on them. Let us strengthen their faith. And notice what they did. The text says that they spoke together. In verse number 7, they begin by emphasizing what God had done for them. He says, the land we passed through to spy out is an exceeding good land. They're telling the people, look, look, brothers and sisters, the land is a good land. It's an exceeding good land. The Hebrew here does something that you cannot really see in English. Uh, it uses to, uh, it uses the word very twice. It says very, very good. It says exceeding in the text, but in, in Hebrew it says very, very. Caleb and Joshua are telling the people, look, God is giving us something very, 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 very good. What God has promised is very, very, very good. And by the way, God always gives what is very, very good. Hallelujah, somebody. God is giving us something that is very, very good. He's giving us a land that is flowing with milk and honey. It is good. And so they're helping the people to understand that God has given us something so great. He has been with us since Egypt. He took us out of Egypt. He allowed us to walk on dry ground. We've been eating manna every day. It has been cloud by day and pillow fire by night. We have seen God's, God, God's goodness for us. And therefore, he's not bringing us to a bad land. He's bringing us to a good land. So they didn't stop there. They, then they, they add this comment. They said, if the Lord delights in us. Then you bring us into this land and give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. Basically saying, look, God mm, loves us. Mm, mm, mm. This is, when it says God delights in us, it's, it's, it's similar to uh, God saying to us, hey, I love you. Right? I love you. And he says, if God delights in us, he's going to bring us into his land. In other words, God has been delighting in us. So he's going to bring us into this land, into this situation. We have no reason to fear. God is on our side. He's going to take care of us. God has our back, right? We are not our alone. He has our back when we're going to attack. And that's what I need you to understand. God has your back when you attack in faith. Hallelujah, somebody. So they tell him, yes, God has our back. So we have no reason to fear. And that's why Caleb says uh, one more time. He says, only do not fear the people of the land for they are our bread. Their protection has departed from them. The Lord is with us. Do not fear them. There are two metaphors here in the text that I want you to pay attention to. It says that the people are bread. If we had to use the local dialect, makanan or makan. The people have become makan for us. We can eat them. We're going to eat them up. I know they're giants and that kind of thing, but we're going to eat them up because when you have faith, your challenges become food for you. Hallelujah, somebody. So they're saying our giants, these guys, we're going to eat them up. And I want somebody to understand me right here that if you take the step of faith, whatever challenge you face, whatever situation you're going through is food for you. That debt is food for you. That disease is food for you. That doubt is food for you. That discouragement is food for you. Whatever situation, if you take in faith, is food for you because God promises, and I say it based upon His word, that as long as He's with you, your situation is food for you. 
And notice what Caleb says. He says their protection is gone from them. Uh, in the text, it is using uh, the imagery of, uh, of a tree that has lost its shade. In the Middle East, it's quite hot over there. And so a lot of people would go under the shade for protection. And so here God is saying, look, their shade of protection is no longer with them. I am protecting you. I am with you. So I need you to understand that these are the things that I can do for you. These are the things that I can, I can bring out for you. And this is what I want to throw at you. That a dedicated faith partnership will focus on what God can do. And this is the secret. It focuses on what God can do. It's not focusing on what it can do. But it's talking about what God can do. God has given us a good land. God is protecting us. God is with us. That's what they are talking about. And that's what you need to do in this situation. And brother and sister, let me tell you. Let me preach for a moment. We're only going to survive COVID-19. We're going to only survive our pandemics. We're only going to survive our difficulties. When we focus on what God can do. And you need need people right now who also focus on what God can do. You need people who are telling you God is with us. You need people who are telling you we're going to overcome by God. You need people who are telling you with God all things are possible. You need people to tell you it is and it will be done if God is with us. You need to believe with all of your heart that without faith it is impossible to please God. You must see what is now before it is. You must see what I can do now before he has done it. You must know that God will take you to that place because some Somebody tell me amen and somebody tell God amen hallelujah somebody yes God can do that and I had to tell you this because sometimes we are not succeeding sometimes we're not victorious because we don't believe that God can do it and the people around us don't help us to believe that God can do it and that is why I'm telling you that you need a partner in faith to help you rise up to take you to uh, the next level here is what Caleb and Joshua tell the people, only do not rebel against God. Do not rebel against him. Because the truth of the matter is, when you are not dedicated, you are rebellious. When you're ded not dedicated to God, you're basically saying, God, you know what? You um, have not been good enough for me. Therefore, I cannot give you my dedication. You see, Caleb and Joshua understood something that God had shown the people of Israel supreme compassion after all he didn't have to take them out of egypt they went there by themselves but god was so compassionate that he took them out of egypt god was so compassionate that he had allowed them to walk on dry ground and he made pharaoh and his armies fish food god was so compassionate that he provided manna for them without them even working all they had to do is go out and collect it and eat god was so compassionate that he was there giving him a shade by day and a pillow fire by night. God was so compassionate in such a manner. And so Caleb understood this point that I want to bring out to you that God's supreme compassion deserves our supreme dedication. You know, when you have seen and realized what God has done for you, the only thing that you need to do is to say, Lord, I'm here. I am yours. I am yours forever yours. That, that, that's what you need to say and to sing for God. Because you realize that I could have been out. 
I could have been lost, but God sent Jesus. He sent him to die for my sins, and he elevated me to be a believer. He took me from a life addicted to drugs and addicted to this and addicted to that. God elevated me from somebody who was, who was, who was a thief. God did so much for me. He took me here. All I can do, the right reaction is say, Lord, I'm going to be dedicated to you. A person who doesn't understand what God has done can never be dedicated to to God but I want you to understand that God has bent over backwards for you and I God emptied all of heaven to give us Jesus Christ and cannot it's not the only thing we should do is to say you know what Lord I'm dedicated Lord I love you Lord please take me and help me be yours that's what we need to be praying today lord help me to be dedicated because you've been so compassionate to me lord help me to have people in my life that will help me to be dedicated and i love the evaluation of god on the on the partnership of caleb and joshua look, look at what god says it was a text that i read it says uh, surely none of the men who came up from egypt from 20 years old and above shall see the land of which i swore to abraham Isaac and Jacob, because they have not wholly followed me. Except, except Caleb the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, and Joshua the son of Nun, for they have wholly followed me. You see, a good faith partnership should propel you to follow God wholly, not partially. That is completely. That is totally. Not partially, not halfly. That's not, that's not a word. I'm just creating it right now. It should allow you to go to the next level. You see, in life, you can either be a convenience store or you can be a, an embassy when it comes to faith. You see, a convenience store, you can enter that the convenience store. You can go in. You don't have to buy anything. You can look around. You can, you can see your favorite uh, snacks. You don't have money. You don't have to buy. You know what I mean? But if you want to enter an embassy, you need to come with paperwork. If you want to enter uh, to, to an embassy, you must, uh, you must come with a specific reason and a specific purpose. I'd like to suggest to you that if you want to follow God totally and wholly, you need to become an embassy. You need to double check and cross check those who are coming into your life. What is their intention? What do they want to do? What, what do they want to accomplish in your life? Don't become a convenience store. Unfortunately, many of us are convenience stores that people come in and out of our lives. And, and, and because they come in and out of our lives, they, they sometimes just look around and, and, and they don't do anything. And sometimes they waste our resources. You know what I mean? And, and so we need to be uh, an embassy that really double checks and cross check those who are coming into our life because we realize, hey, my goodness, God has called me for a higher purpose and I don't want anything or anybody in my life that's going to take away from that so it's okay to ask questions it's okay to double check and cross check because you want to make sure that you elevate yourself to the standard that God has called you to be and one man who become a, who started as an embassy but became a convenience store is a Solomon Solomon was dedicated to God he wanted to do amazing things for God and he was on his way but because he allowed partnerships with his wives they turned his heart away from God and because they turned away his heart from God he became a convenience store eventually praise the Lord in the book of 
Ecclesiastes, he understood, oh my goodness, I've become a convenience store. And he decided to become an embassy again. But it was already too late. The damage had already been done. So remember Solomon as the wisest man in the world. But he was a wise fool. He was a man who knew better. He could have done better. But because he became a convenience store, he did not do as good as he could. And that's what I want you to understand. That the people that come into our lives, you, might, you are not as strong as you think you are. Because they always influence us to do something. They always influence us either for good or for bad. And so I'm suggesting to you today, like, don't be like Solomon. But be like Caleb and Joshua. These brothers, I believe, were embassies, not convenience stores. Because they dedicated themselves totally to God. You see, I find it amazing. I find it amazing that Caleb found a partner in Joshua. When I look carefully at Joshua, I saw parallels between Joshua and Jesus. I saw that both of their names means savior. Joshua means to save. Jesus means to save. I saw that both of these men were able to manipulate the atmosphere in such a way that it stood or it obeyed their commands. Joshua was able to make the sun stand still for about the whole day. Jesus told the storm, be quiet and shut up. Both men in a time of crisis stood up. And they said, this is what God is calling us to do. Joshua said, look, God is going to bring us into, into, into this land. And for saying that, the text says in verse number 10 of Numbers 14, he was about to be stoned. Jesus said, I am, I am. Before Abraham was, I am. And because of declaring that truth, he was almost stoned. It is Joshua who brought the nation of Israel into the land of promise and he gave each tribe their inheritance and their portion. In fact, it was Joshua who gave Caleb his land. We're going to talk about that next week. It was Joshua who gave Caleb his land. And we know that Jesus has gone up to prepare a place for us and he's going to come back and bring us home to where we should be. I'm telling you here today that Caleb partnered himself with the type of Jesus. And the Bible is simply trying to teach you and me that the greatest faith partner we need is none other than Jesus. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. It begins with him. It ends with him. You may not have a human faith partner. You may not have someone who you can rely on, but you can always rely on God. And here's the good news. Because you understand that you and Jesus share a commonality because both of you are human he took on your flesh he understands your situation he knows when you're down he knows when you're up you understand that with Jesus he's going to let you be an individual he's not going to cover you up in fact he's going to elevate you and, and you won't, I want you to understand that when Jesus comes into your life is when you're going to truly be who you're supposed to be and then you understand that because Jesus is God he's going to help you to be dedicated to divinity I want to partner up with Jesus this morning how about you how about you? I want to partner up with Jesus. How about you? Every head is bowed. Every set of eyes is closed as we pray. Heavenly Father, thank you. That faith needs a partner and we can find a partner in Jesus. We like the partnership of Caleb and, and Joshua. It was great. But Father, we want the partnership with Jesus. We want him to be our faith partner. We want him to elevate us to the next level and take us where we need to be. Father God, I'm so thankful and I'm so grateful that Jesus can truly be our partner. And I want to ask you today that uh, help me to partner up with Jesus. I want you to help my brothers and sisters, wherever they are, to partner up with 
Jesus. Father, we are thankful and we are grateful. And we want you to take us to the next level and make us what we are supposed to be. I humbly ask and pray all of this in the wonderful and awesome name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you. Amen.